the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And it is, um, well, there's a lot of things happening, and um, we've got to cover as many of them as we can. And I need to uh, sift through it and tell you what you need to know. So uh, I will get to that. First of all, let me remind you, please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for the daily email. The uh, Pro-America Report comes into your inbox 7 a.m. Central Time. It will be a big help in your life. I promise you. We send you a few links to some key stories. We tell you what you need to know, and often there'll be some audio or video also. Uh, so please do turn in, check out that, and uh, you won't regret it. ProAmericaReport.com. Over at ProAmericaReport.com, you also are able to go ahead and look and listen. You first find and listen some of the great interviews that I've been doing. You know, the other day we had John Cribb, the author of Old Abe, a spectacular book. I encourage you to, uh, to uh, check out. And uh, we also had um, Dr. Brett Decker yesterday talking about what was going on in the world. So go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Check all that out there. Okay, today, what do you need to know? Well, one thing you need to know is this. Uh, We have talked about what you should do, what you might want to do, what you could do. And so what you need to know today is there are people that are done talking and just started doing. And I'm going to tell you about one of them. But one of the things I want to tell you to do right now is I I want to use a phrase that my friend Congressman Pete Sessions, Congressman Pete Sessions of Texas, taught me about 12 years ago. At that time, I was running for Congress in a long shot campaign against an incumbent Democrat. I lost by just a few thousand votes. It was one of the great races of the of the cycle 2010. But Congressman Pete Sessions would come in and campaign for me and he would say to me, make the big deal, the big deal, make the big deal, the big deal. What he meant by that was don't get distracted by the wrong things. Don't get distracted by what's happening and get carried away with the wrong things. That's what he meant by that. Make the big deal the big deal. It was a great advice. Here's what I want to tell you. If you're watching cable news, Fox News, CNN, yes, I said it, even Fox News, you're probably being pushed around and made to follow something that is not the big deal. Because right now, the narrative machine, which is big tech, big media, and big government, is doing its best to distract you from the big deal. They got you running around in circles for uh, the the George Floyd case. Is America racist? Then they go on to the knife fighting case. Is the, are the cops all bad? Then they'll run in circles and have LeBron James. Did he make a mistake in tweeting? And you go in circles here, there, and everywhere. It doesn't matter what cable news you're looking at or which social media or tech site you're in. You're getting chased in circles trying to make something that's not the big deal the big deal. Another example, by the way, is that January 6th, they said it was an insurrection. First it was an insurrection, then it was a violent insurrection, then it was an armed violent insurrection, then it was a murderous insurrection because one law officer died a day or two later. Now, all these weeks and months later, we hear that January 6th was none of those things. 
It was neither an armed insurrection in any meaningful way. They say bear spray was armed. I don't buy it. And it certainly wasn't murderous because the lie that was told by big tech, big media and big government that a cop was killed by first a fire extinguisher, then bear spray, then pepper spray, then something. It was a lie. The the Washington, D.C. based medical examiner, probably a Democrat, got to think, said, no, the cop died of natural uh, causes, not even from stress, just died of natural other causes. But here's the thing. If we don't chase the little things and focus on the big, keeping the big deal, the big deal, we'll do better. Another one today, earlier today, they're running around circles. Now, this is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. By the way, some of these things that they want us to run at are a big deal. D.C. statehood was being contemplated on the floor of the House. But you know what you can't do if you sit and look at your TV and, and, and curse the fates that D.C. is being proposed as a state, even though the Constitution says the founders knew that you shouldn't have a state where your uh, capital is? You can't change that. I mean, I guess if you could call up uh, some of your congressmen and get some of them to have a backbone, but right now in the House, it's the House that's doing it. Nobody can stop it. The Democrats are in charge. Here's what you can do if you get too distracted. You can end up being distracted. What is the big deal? I, I saw General Michael Flynn give a speech a few days ago, and what he said was, he remembers thinking as he heard young Barack Obama, then a candidate, saying and in the fall of 2008, I think it was, General Flynn said, remember he said this? This is General Flynn talking. He said, remember Barack Obama said, we're going to fundamentally transform America? That's what they're doing. And you have to be smart about what's happening. Make the big deal the big deal. The big deal is they're transforming the country. But don't chase their shiny objects because they're keeping you occupied from doing what you can to focus on the big deal. Here's an example. I was down in Polk County, Florida. There's a man named Steve Maxwell. He's a businessman. And Steve Maxwell is sick of the direction of the country. And he recognized the thing he could do is organize people in his county, Polk County, Florida, to be ready to make a difference. I went down there and I saw him on Tuesday. I saw him give a speech with General Flynn. And I thought, man, this guy's a successful businessman. He's got a great, huge, I think he said he has eight, eight companies. He's got all kinds of success and he's a doer and he's not tolerating for what? Running in circles, cursing the fates and watching, watching TV. Instead, he organized people. It, on 24 hours notice, he had 60 uh, bigwigs, pastors, leaders, businessmen and women there for a meeting with him and General Flynn to talk about what they're going to do. And here's the best news. Since that meeting, I was very impressed. He, he They realized that their school board was about to allow some transgender stuff or something, something terrible. Again, don't get distracted by the big, by the minor thing that they're, that they're doing terrible things. They're all doing terrible things. But watch what Steve Maxwell did. He alerted the powers that be in his community through his network of doers, and they rang up the school board, and they're getting them to back down. Now, they haven't won the whole thing yet, but the, basically the inside thing is that they didn't think there was anybody that cared, or they thought at least they could sneak it by. And instead, Steve Maxwell, not using his one you know, one position, not saying with a press release, I'm Steve Maxwell, everybody knows I'm a good guy and a leader, blah, blah, blah. No, he alerted a network. He alerted a, a team. Remember I said yesterday, what are you going to do? Get grounded, sink your roots in, 
and then form the teams, the units that can get something done. Could be your church, could be your school, could be your private school, could be your homeschool co-op, could be the parents in the public school, could be your business partners, could be your friends, I don't know, your golf buddies, whoever it is that you can band together that believes what you believe and understands you got to make the big deal the big deal. They're transforming the country. But if you curse at your TV and then watch the pharmaceutical commercials, that's not going to do it. You got to find a way, sink your roots in, get your roots solid, feed your roots, Holy Scripture, Constitution, read the good men and women that write, but don't go into big tech, don't go to big media, don't wait for big government to solve it, and then go form your bands of brothers and sisters to make a difference. And Steve Maxwell had a success. Now, you know what happens when you succeed? It's, it's exactly what the stupid, craven leaders of Facebook and other people know is if you get a pop on Facebook, people like your thing, you get a dopamine hit, you feel a rush. You're like, I did something cool. People like me. You know what success does for you? Ask any businessman, entrepreneur. Ask any any player. My, my son's a soccer player. He had a great practice or something the other day. He came in the car. He's like a walking on air. It's like a pop. Your body goes, huh? Success begets success. And you could bet your bottom dollar that the guy's and gals that Steve Maxwell built into this coalition, not particular. I don't think it's particular. I don't know if there was a phone chain. I don't know how much. It was just, we're not going to take it, but we're going to know how to stay focused. That's making the big deal the big deal. Let me tell you another trick. You ready? They, powers that be, want you to worry about 2022, the election. It's too far away. That's a game that makes you inactive until November of 2022, or at least six months before for a primary. No, no, no. Right now, you got to be a force in your community. Scott Pressler, the great Scott Pressler, our friend, he's been on this program many times. Uh, the, the persistence on Twitter, all over the place. He's going to 25 states this year to help get people to run for school board. Pressler's not waiting for 2022, the congressional elections. He's not waiting for 2024. He's not waiting for the powers that be that control cable, they control big tech, big media, and big government to tell you the most important thing you can do is wait for 2022 when you can ask us, big government, for more power for you. No, we the people take it back tomorrow. Take it back today. Make the big deal the big deal. And the big deal is the left is trying to transform America. And too many people in both parties think you don't know better. And you need to say, there's there's one party that's better than the other. That should be clear to you. But that's not what we're worried about now. Again, I heard General Flynn say, don't tell me about 2022 or 2024. Don't tell me about Republican or Democrat. Tell me about what's happening now, where you are. And Steve Maxwell and his crew down in Polk County, what a witness, what a witness uh, to what's happening. What a, what a powerful witness. So that's what you need to know today is make the big deal the big deal. They're trying to transform the, com- the country, but understand what that means for you. It doesn't mean cursing at your TV. It means finding the local unit in your county, in your town, in which you can make a difference and then get after it. All right, we got to take a break. We will talk in a few moments with Ted Malik, the great Dr. Ted Malik, about what's going on. He's got another piece up at American Greatness. We'll talk with John Schlafly, one half of the John Schlafly, excuse me, the Schlafly Report. We'll get an update there. We'll be right back. Don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com. Visit it. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be right back.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Our old friend, Dr. Ted Malik, is with us again. we got to get an update here. And I, you know, as I was looking at this piece, I'll put it up on social media, everybody. He writes frequently, Ted Malik does, uh, over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. But, uh, Ted, I was going to ask you, you um, your co-author on this piece that ran a couple days ago, the title of which is Von der, von der Geyens Gotterdamergen. You know, to do this for me. The EU the president is... is uh, uh, good at yeah. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I'm not a German. I don't have German in my bag of tricks. Uh, EU's uh, president has the has mm-hmm. the greatest flag bearer for the cause of national sovereignty. However, unwitting yeah. has been her intention. So, before I get to that, you you did uh, I did notice that you wrote this piece with a gentleman who you have you wrote one of your books with, right? So, tell us a little bit about Felipe because I had him on the show a long time ago. But I'd like you to tell us about him. He also was uh, influential yeah. in the in, in the in the in the uh, Trump uh, movement. So, tell us about him, please. Well, he's a young gentleman scholar, uh, a, a dual citizen of the Dominican Republic and the United States. Um, and he splits his time equally, basically, between the two countries. Uh, he's trilingual. He has uh, worked in the European Union. Uh, he's a very strong Catholic. And he, uh, he has a very good antenna for uh, everything European. So he's uh, he's been an ally of mine, a researcher of mine. And... I shared uh, this book with him, so uh, I'm always mm. pleased to uh, to work with him on anything that has to do with the European Union. Right, and so tell us about us, and I, and I should mention because the book that was book is called Trump's World. Uh, uh, Geo Deus uh, came out in uh, 2020 and still available anywhere you get books. But tell us about this piece, and tell us what you're what you mean that the EU the EU president is actually helping. I will walk us through this. Sure. Uh, well, Americans don't uh, study much European history, it seems, and certainly know less about European affairs. So this is basically a way to update <laughs> the broader American public on what's happening in Europe, which is pretty much disastrous. Uh, but, uh, you know, to start this, I'm using the Gatadamerum as uh, it's Twilight of the Gods, Richard Wagner's famous opera. It's only six and a half hours, so I suggest all of you <laughs> listen to it if you have the chance. <laughs> right. Uh, based on Old North's uh, mythology about the war between human beings and the gods, where the world is burned mm. and then remade. It's very, very, very dramatic, very Wagnerian. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying, basically, is von der Leyen, who's this failed uh, politician and corrupt one, uh, quite mediocre, who was dumped on the European uh, Union just over a year ago as their formal president, has been a complete and utter disaster. Now, you know, we predicted that, so uh, I'm, you know, take some credit, I guess, take a humble bow. But uh, she has (laughs) done more in her short uh, reign, which has 42 months left in it, uh, to help the cause of national sovereignty because she's been so horrific. So we're sort of torn. We want her to fail, but in her failure, she also helps I think the future of the nation state in Europe. <laughs> so what's the what's the give me give me the top three? I, I saw it in your piece. The top three of what she's done that makes you say makes you shake your head. And and, and more importantly, are the are any of the European um, Union members getting cons- upset enough to do anything about it? Uh, well, the Parliament, uh, you know, is a mixed bag. She only won by eight votes, which is pretty narrow. So we call for her censure, and I think that's a possibility. Um, I mean, it's a very fragmented Europe, you know, right, left, center, 
it's a, it's a strange political machination. Um, I'd like to see them dump her and put in Berlusconi, which is kind of a funny piece we end with, that the Italians should have some <laughs> power in Europe again. There is this kind of German uh, Deutschland über alles, uh, which is always mm-hmm. present when you have uh, the European Union. The Germans are always behind the scenes. In this case, they're right in front of the scenes because she's Angela Merkel's uh, prize who was dumped on this post. Uh, but yeah, she's failed at the health policy, she failed at the immigration policy, and of course her most recent large failure, and that of all of her bureaucrats, was the vaccination policy, which is a total disaster in Europe, because people aren't getting vaccinated, and uh, their numbers are atrocious. Are the people not getting vaccinated there because they don't trust uh, the government and the and the pharma? Is no. it because it's not they're not able to make it available? What is it? There are no vaccines. Uh, so, you know, they had the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine. They've, you know, withheld that in some countries, although not in the UK. There's very little of the American vaccines, which have 95% efficiency rate or efficacy. And if you can believe this, there are some Chinese and also Russian vaccines now available in Europe. And so hmm. I'd be fairly dubious about them. They don't have FDA approval. <laughs> Right. Uh, we're talking with we're talking with Ted Malik and his pieces over at American Greatness. I'll link to it. So back to my finishing question. I know you finished with a flourish that maybe the Italians should get it in charge and Berlusconi. But mm. but are, are is is there is the uh, politically is the failures of the EU? Is it echoing in any nation that might say, you know what, let us be the next to pull a Brexit? I mean, is uh, I, I, I think I know from experience that. Yeah. Yes, please. Well, what do you many, think? Many come many come close. Uh, and many have political parties that are, let's say, exit oriented. Uh, I think the next, well, the, uh, the question of the, Euro, of the Hungarians and the Poles is very obvious because in Eastern Europe, they're highly dissatisfied with the uh, power of Brussels. So I think that that is a chip right. that could fall. The Italians have always been dubious. <clears throat> if the right comes back into full power with the prime minister, say Martino Salvini, then I think you'd have some challenge in the Europe, uh, you know, in the Italian sense. But the next big thing to watch is the presidential election next year in France, where Mr. Mm. Macron is going to be challenged thoroughly. And I would say there's a close chance, I'm not yet ready to say it's going to happen, that Marine Le Pen will become the next president of the French Republic. Hmm. Uh, well, every, every couple of terms, it feels like that Le Pen gets in the in the running and then they figure out in France, I think, how the establishment how, uh, figures out how to make sure she doesn't win. But your point is this time the dissatisfaction with the EU may uh, may, be a, may be enough of a factor. You think there's a real. I, and let me ask you about the economy in, in a place like France. Has the economy come back from all the shutdowns or are they sort of, you know, the same place we are waiting to kind of come bursting out? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, all, all continental Europe, but France in particular, is still locked down. So the, there, mm. there is no comeback. I mean, you know, there could be some, you know, once in, uh, you know, this, this dilemma is solved or people are vaccinated, there's herd immunity. But no, it's, it's a very dire situation. You can't go to France. You can't even go from Britain to France today. Uh, Britain itself wow. just unlocked last week and allowed people to have a drink outside at the pub only outside in the pub and it's still uh you know early spring in britain so hmm. wow 
Well, it what it certainly is um, well, dire. All right, very I, thankful. Yeah, should be very yeah. thankful for where we are. Not due to anything Mr. Biden has done, but to something called warp speed. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, thank you, as always, uh, D- uh, Dr. Ted Malik. I'll put the piece up on social media. And uh, great to catch up. We'll talk again. I appreciate it very much. Um, thanks, Ted. See you soon. All right. Uh, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Ted Martin here at the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. John Schlafly's with us again. John Schlafly is one half of the Schlafly duo, the Schlafly brothers, Andy and John Schlafly. Their column runs over at our sister site, townhall.com, and also archived at phyllisschlafly.com. It is called the Schlafly Report after their late mother, who did, uh, I don't know, almost 50 years of columns, uh, more than that, I guess, total. But uh, So you can go over there and check it out. John's uh, column this week, John, is Gunfight for Election Integrity. Now, John, are you allowed to use gunfight in uh, in headlines? Did you not write the headlines? The uh, the title for this because I don't know if you can use go no use it in the first sentence a gunfight for election integrity that's kind of politically incorrect isn't it John? Uh, well, election <laughs> uh, you know change, election bills to uh, secure our elections are among the most critical uh, issues being uh, ar- argued and debated in both state legislatures and in Congress and uh, while there are a number of bills that have been introduced, we've been a little disappointed that uh, that they've not, other than Georgia and Iowa, other states seem to be stalled. And so we're trying to mm. give a boost to get those past the finish line before the end of the legislative session. And in particular in Texas, uh, where Texas meets only in one out of every two years, and uh, uh, the bill seems to be stalled, so we're trying to give a you know a boost to it. Well, and let me ask you about that, John. I don't know if you know. As I say this, it may be outside of your uh, line of expertise, but can it? Can the governor of uh, Texas call a special session? In other words, let's say it doesn't pass and you get through that. And you're right; they don't meet again until after the 2022 election. Can he call a special session? I got to think there's some provision for special session in Texas. Texas, although maybe the Texans don't, um, they distrust government enough. They may not want to trigger the ability to come into session. Do you have any idea? Well, there is a way to hold a uh, call a special session. Yes, uh, Texas had a okay. special session about uh, several years ago in regard to an abortion bill. Do um, you remember Wendy Davis? I think it was. And that oh, yeah, that's right. Passed sure. And went to the Supreme Court very notoriously. Uh, oh, yeah. And the fallout from that has has been. Uh, you know, debated and argued ever since. So that was a special session, I believe. So yes, it can be done. I don't know if it's the governor, the lieutenant governor, or what the requirements are and so forth. Hmm. Uh, uh we're talking with John Schlafly in this week's column is Gunfight for Election Integrity. John, you, you, did you see the news? I think Rasmussen had a poll that showed that uh, something like 40 percent of Republicans and 40 percent of Democrats, a little bit less than that, I think, uh, thought that Coca-Cola, that they would buy less Coke because they thought that it was dumb that the Coke was intervening in the Georgia election issues story. I wonder if that will modify the behavior of the uh, big businesses that sort of jumped in. So I want to ask you about that. When you say it's a gunfight in Iowa, I'm excuse me, in Texas, 
Texas and other places where it doesn't seem to be moving. Who are the powers that be that are opposing this? And and what is your sense? Your, I know you said you're trying to goose uh, and move along the Republicans in the Texas uh, legislature because they control both chambers. Why aren't they moving? I mean, well, give us give us some of the the, uh, the, the local color in Texas as much as you can, please. Well, corporations have a big influence, and we see this uh, on Republicans especially, which is unfortunate. And we see this both on election bills and on the transgender bills, uh, where a, a trans bill did get passed in Arkansas but got stalled in a number of other states. And um, But as on elections, uh, you know, the... The public overwhelmingly, poll after poll after poll, going back many years, supports voter ID. Uh, and, and and yet, um, the weak bill that's pending in Texas, which is stalled, it's weak, uh, doesn't enforce voter ID on mail-in or absentee ballots. You know, I really think hmm. that um, the... What happened in 2020 in terms of mail ballots ought to be we'll cut way back. That was a one-time thing. It should never happen again. But if we're going to have mail or absentee ballots, there has to be um, foolproof, double-checked forms of ID. That means ID on the outer envelope, the inner envelope, when it's delivered, uh, signing, verifying signatures, use, use of uh, social, uh, uh, driver's license numbers, etc. Uh, and, of course, some people may not like to jump through all those hoops, and fine. They can show up in person on Election Day, and that's fine, too. Uh, there is no need to have mail-in voting except in extreme cases, uh, like service um, people on active duty. But um, if we're going to have it— But, John, uh, <clears throat> but John, wait a second. I, I'm be, in Texas. got to have ID. Go but in Texas, and the it, they that, should, and, and there's no excuse for corporations coming in and and saying that that somehow is against democracy. That's ridiculous. Well, but I'm, okay, but let me so let me ask you then: uh, Why don't the Democrats? I mean, uh, excuse me, why don't the Republicans in Texas do it? I mean, in Georgia they did it. Now, I guess that what happened was, that I, and I believe this to be totally the the reason: Stacey Abrams and all the gang in Georgia knew they lost. They knew that they weren't going to roll it back, but they thought we're going to make an example of Georgia and make everybody in other states pause and and not be as quick to do it. So, it, do we just have Texas Republicans and the governor's Republican and the Attorney General's Republican? Are they just unwilling to stand up? to this? Is it, are we missing something here? I mean, you're telling me what I already know and yet we're watching, you know, legislatures controlled by Republicans just step back from the fight. Um, as you know, many uh, Republicans say that we want action at the state level. Uh, we, we have 50 states and hopefully it'll stay 50 despite what uh, the House of Representatives did today. But, um, and yet, we have the same political dynamics, and the Republican Party, frankly, has some weak sisters, some rhinos, uh, despite having a majority in the majority of state legislature chambers. And so, you know, I don't know what the reason is, but that this job, this work needs to get done. Uh, you know, um, it's, a, it's become a kind of a slogan of Stacey Abrams and people on the left, and, and especially Kamala Harris. Do we got to do the work? That's a phrase Kate Kamala Harris has used like dozens of times. We have to do mm -hmm. the work. Yes, well, okay, well, that applies to 
uh, conservatives, too. We have to do this work. We have to secure our elections. You know, we have to, you know, eliminate all the loopholes that got past us in 2020 so that that doesn't happen again. And that means returning uh, to Election Day when people vote in person on Election Day by showing ID after they have previously registered to vote at least 30 days before Election Day. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. The uh, Schlafly report is uh, over at townhall.com. Our sister site posted over there and uh, also available, uh, archived over at Uh John, um, w- how long does Texas have? You mentioned in the piece that the Texas governor, he's, he's facing a primary from the, maybe from the, from, ho- from the Hollywood side as well as from the right. Um, I don't know. And Matthew McConaughey talked about it. There was a, a poll. Um, I know, I, I think uh, Abbott, Governor Abbott has tried to weigh in on this, but it's not working or maybe he's not weighing in enough. How much? How much time do they have in Texas before they, their session ends? Well, the state constitution of Texas calls for a regular session of 140 days every, every odd-numbered year. So okay. I haven't counted to see how many days have gone by, but you know, many days have gone by, and I think the 140 days run out in June. Uh, I see. And once, and once, <laughs> once they reach the 148th, 140th day, the legislature adjourns, unless they stop the clock. Uh, but, no. <laughs> and, and like as in any legislature, things do pile up as you get towards mm-hmm. the end, because there are many other people who want their legislation passed. And, uh, yep. but there's nothing as nothing more important pressing than securing yep. the elections. Yep. Uh, um, John, uh, John, in yep. 2020, and we've got to fix it. Uh, we got John Schlafly. John, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just have a little bit more than a minute, and I want to ask you this because I think this is part of what the problem is. The media, the big, I call it the narrative machine, big tech, big media, and big government was so effective using January 6th uh, as the sort of capstone of the November election and said anybody who talks about the election anymore is not only wrong, but they're an insurrectionist, a murderous, uh, gun-toting insurrectionist. But now the January 6th event has fallen apart, and it's been shown that no no law enforcement was attacked or dead. I mean, certainly not killed. Um, I, but it doesn't matter, right? I mean, the problem is the narrative machine moved on and what you're feeling, uh, tell me if I'm wrong and I just have a little bit less than a minute. The, the legislature doesn't feel the urgency of doing this. They won their elections. They don't see it. Um, well, that's why the citizens uh, need to speak up and remind our representatives that they need to you know, do what we sent them there to do. Uh, anybody who's followed the political process is familiar with uh, the excuses that are given yeah. and the reasons why things fall out of the headlines. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you aren't talking about, uh, well, yeah. anybody can sure, look at the sure, media yeah, we got see, <clears throat> see what, and is, see it. what is dominating the headlines. Yep. And it's generally, it's, and it's not, the, not what we want done. Need. So we have to yep. uh, communicate with Fix our... That state and federal representatives constantly right. to keep their eyes yep. on the ball, Ed. All right. Yep. All right, John, I got to run. I'm getting yelled at again to John Schlafly. Uh, the Schlafly Report, I'll post it on social media. Always helpful, John. We'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. 
This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Whether on the track, field, court, or mat, girls work hard to be the best at their sports. While they may think they're competing for trophies and medals, the real prizes are the character traits instilled in them as a result of their efforts. Young athletes learn sportsmanship, teamwork, perseverance, and the all-important truth that winning comes from hard work. Sadly, rather than competing on a field or a mat, the girls of America are now being forced to fight in the state legislature simply for the right to maintain the integrity of their sport of choice. This comes as a result of the rise of transgender boys claiming the right to participate in girls' sports teams based on their feelings rather than on facts. While these confused boys may legitimately feel as they claim, they cannot change the basic realities of biology. It's an undisputed fact that biological boys have higher levels of the hormone testosterone than biological girls. It's also an undisputed fact that testosterone causes boys to have a number of physical advantages over girls when it comes to sports, including a more dense bone structure, a tendency towards greater muscle development, and more. Even if a boy takes hormone-blocking drugs, the effect of testosterone from before the drugs were used is still evident. All girls deserve a fair playing field. They have the right to compete against other girls on the basis of practice and skill, not on the basis of unfair hormonal advantages. However, there is still hope for conservatives to turn things around. Multiple states have either introduced or passed legislation to require schools to determine eligibility for sports teams based on biological sex rather than on personal preference. These bills are a vital protection that every state should adopt. Not to pass them is to erase the opportunities our girls deserve. Don't let your legislature strip them of the opportunity to learn valuable lessons and compete for life-changing college scholarships. The girls of your state are counting on you to speak out now before girls' sports teams are erased for good. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues, upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Chairman Helen Marie Taylor, Treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis in our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. And let me just tell you, let's cover something that's very important. And you're hearing about it. Um, and even in the Democrats um, world, it is percolating through. And I, this is what I, I mentioned at the beginning of the program. If you heard me talk about make the big deal the big deal and get focused on what's actually important. Don't get distracted by shiny objects that cable news and uh, big tech tries to sell you on. 
Here's an example of that. Uh, and this is so important, even in Politico. Now, remember, I read Politico.com and you should too, but you can only read them if you realize they are spinning for the left, not even the left. They're spinning for the Democrats. They're spinning for the Democrats always. That's, that's what they do. So you got to know that. And then you read them with an eye and you say, Oh, wow. And, and you can look between the lines and you can see how, uh, they're picking on each other. Whereas I've said before, the civil war in the Democrat party Party. The civil war in the major political parties is the Democrat Party has a civil war between the the far left and the the normal left, um, and they've killed off the middle of the. There's no middle anymore. There's no centrist Democrats, uh, which is why they're in big trouble. But. It's not in the Republican Party. There's no civil war in the Republican Party. The only um, what's happening in the Republican Party is uh, it's Trump's party. But here, so here's here's Politico uh, running a lengthy piece on how students who are uh, have have been have been uh, had to uh, do a virtual learning, remote remote learning, and they're they're trying to decide what to do with the students. In other words, um, the um, that students are being so poorly served by remote learning that there's lots of talk by parents about holding them back for a year. Now, what does this mean? Well, two things. One is there's only one group in this country, one group in this whole nation who is um, uh, has systemic racism at its heart, and that is our teachers unions. The teachers unions have maintained a system for students where black students primarily, but also other poor uh, students are trapped in failing schools and they don't care. They don't care. They're not, they, you know, the, the teachers unions are are opposite against the students and their parents uh, because they're they're not, they have total control of the school boards and other things, and they do that by politics. But so here's the problem. The Democrats know that the teachers unions have resisted all the common sense actions that should have taken place, primarily getting back to face-to-face education. They've done it for a whole year now, and they'll do it for the rest of this school year. And what have they done? Well... They've devastated the learning curve of lots and lots of students. And, you know, it's actually um, tragic to describe who is the worst uh, impacted or impacted the, 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 to the greatest extent because those will be the kids that have special needs or need to learn or only have a small window before their socioeconomic situation will make it easier for them to get a job. You know, it'll be more likely if you if you say you're a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid, your family has no money, at a certain point you'll be able to get a job and you probably drop out of school. It happens a lot. So now Politico's running a piece saying, what are parents going to do? Behind this is the question of, are they really going to go back to school? Because many teachers unions are saying, no back to school without vaccinations for everyone. No back to school without this, that, the other thing. And remember, the bill that passed a few weeks ago, which has trillions, with a T, total spending, but has literally tens of billions of dollars going to school teachers unions and school teachers. But now the question, and they know this is a, this is the big, you talk about making the big deal, the big deal, the dissatisfaction that parents are feeling and the impact on children is immense, monstrous, actually, that's the word. It's a monster in our lives, how upset parents are and how badly served kids have been. It's just, it's 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 really more it's more terrible than anything. You know, some people will say uh, conservatives will say, oh, you know, it's an opportunity to get new schools formed. Well, certainly there's lots of schools that are getting more students. Lots of private schools are finding that. Lots of homeschooling, but it's a tragedy, and it's a tragedy that will have an impact for the next seventy five years. Think about that. If you mal if you malform or disserve a set of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of students. 
they're going to be alive for another 75 years, 80 years. You're going to be dealing with the problem, lower reading rates, lower, uh, you know, education rates, uh, uh, shifting in, uh, in income possibilities, all these things. And even Politico is writing about how parents are upset. Even Politico is, is, is honing in on the fact that this is a major issue. <coughs> Excuse me. Why? Because Politico is sort of writing and they're actually there's Democrats that are scared of this. They're not quite saying it yet, but they're Democrats that are scared of what's happening. They don't know what to make of what's happening in terms of the impact, not just the impact, but what to do about it. The teachers unions are holding the line. They're holding the the, uh, the, the teachers are the teachers unions are holding the students hostage. They're making it harder and harder for any kind of real movement to happen. Any kind of changes you have school boards and, and, and governors, especially who are trying to say Mayor de Blasio, try at least at least they're at least mouthing the words that we should go back to school you know i don't know if I, I don't know if i believe them i don't know if people should believe them but that's where they are and now the question becomes what do we do about that and democrats don't have a good answer it's a real problem for them so that's what's going on there and what you you know how you should understand this is it's a problem not because they are wondering how to serve the kids it's a problem because they can't figure out the politics there's going to be some parents that are so are organized enough to roll out a bunch of school board members. I mentioned at the beginning of the program, our friend Scott Pressler is out in states. He says he's going to be in 25 states just pursuing getting good people elected to the school board. That's all he's going to be doing in the next year because he knows people are dissatisfied and he and he himself is hearing from it all the time but that's what you're going to see all right that's what i wanted to point you to and we'll uh, we will keep you updated on that but watch for that story watch for that story it's going to be a big one so all right we got to finish up i want to say thank you as always to our great technical director noah he does a great job thank you as always to uh joanna for booking our guests and we will be back tomorrow it's ed martin here on a pro america report don't forget please visit proamericareport.com to uh, track down all the stuff we're doing you can sign up for the daily wink the daily email the Pro America Report there, and you can also uh, listen to the great interviews we've had. So we'll, uh, we will uh, put all that up over at ProAmericaReport.com. All right, everybody, have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego.